Thanks for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange, visit www.theexchange.cc. Or you can join us for one of our Sunday gatherings each Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. All right. Good morning, church. How we doing? Good, good, good. Man, welcome in. Man, we count you a part of our exchange family. We got people joining us from all different ways, from all different places. Some of you are masked up and spread out here in the room. Also got people in our overflow space today. And then we got people in the living room or on the road or man at work today. I got a friend of mine. Uh, his name's John. He's part of our church family here. Has been for a little bit over a year. Uh, John is a truck driver. All right, He gets goods from one place to another. And so there are many uh, Sundays where he is driving somewhere across a America, but because of our online gathering, John has a chance to join us and be a part of our family every single week. So good morning, John. Welcome from wherever you are in America today. Two hands on the wheel, okay, just like this. That's awesome. And uh, man, welcome in to all of you here in the room as well. Aren't we good? Aren't we glad that this, man, it's just the church is not a building. Like, it's not confined to a building. We like buildings, but it's not confined to it. It's the people of God who've been changed by the grace of God trying to look a little bit more like him, right? And so that's what we're going to try to do today, man. Welcome in. We are in part four of a series called Searching, Looking for Life's Answers. And man, my hope is uh, we have two more weeks of this is it really has been helpful to you, okay? Uh, We're all asking questions. We all got things that we wonder, we search for at some point um, in our lives. Maybe for some of you, you're searching for some things right now. Man, my hope is this has been helpful. As we've tried to tackle what we're doing in this series, tackling five of the most um, searched for or Googled, if you will, spiritual life questions, and we're answering those questions through the unchanging truth of Scripture, all right? That word is eternal. It is final. And so we've done our best to try to do that over the last few weeks. If you've missed any of the series um, in the room or online, three big questions that we've looked at, right? Remember week one was what is the purpose of life? We answered that one. Week two, um, why do we go through testing? Why is part of our spiritual journey testing? And then last week, oh man, it was the big one last week that we've all asked at some point, how do I know God's will for my life, right? Maybe you asked that before. Maybe you're at a place in life where you're wondering that. If you've uh, missed those teachings, they're all back on our website for you to go back and tackle uh, them and catch up if you're looking for some biblical answers. All right, anybody ready for today's question? Cool. All right. For the two of you who showed up for the message today, um, all of you online, I know that you answered yes in the comment section, but um, man, here's today's question. Okay. Here's where we're going. Does God have all power? Does God have all power? Is he really in control of all things. How many of you as kids, okay, in the room, online, how many of you remember singing the little song as a kid, maybe at church or vacation Bible school, you sang the song, he's got the whole world in his hands. Everybody remember that song? Awesome. Okay, a lot of you uh, did cookies and Kool-Aid at VBS and you sang, he's got the whole world. So I thought it would be good. I don't have the guitar, okay? I ain't as good looking or as good sounding as that other dude who was up here, all right? But let's just sing that a little bit together at home today in your living room. Embrace the moment. Here we go. Ready? He's got the whole world in his hands he's got the whole world in his hands all right, some of you adding emotions like that's next level right there okay all right that's enough this that was just a wake-up call okay and you passed you passed they did really good in the room hopefully uh john wherever you are on the road today you sang that along with us uh man he's got the whole world in his hands and we sang all the verses didn't we like we sing he's got the sun and the rain he's got the moon and the stars he's got the rivers 
and the mountains, okay? Uh -huh. I've, been, I've been there before. And then we started adding verses. You remember we started adding verses where like, he's got the mamas and the daddies in his hands, okay? And then like, we, we like he's got the little bitty babies. He had to do it like in a real small voice, all right? And then like it got all churchy and it was like, he's got you and me, brother, in his hand, okay? <laughs> you been there? All right, y'all sang that song. I'm just making sure we're all on the same page. And we sang that song, and it's a great song. I mean, you should teach your kids and your grandkids that song. And when we sang it, man, we believed it, didn't we? We were like, man, he's big God, and he's got the whole world in his hand. He's just holding it all right now. And then we grew up. And life happens, doesn't it? Stuff goes down. Things break. Relationships fall apart. And we see the brokenness of our world, and then we begin to question, is that song that I sang, and I believed it, is it really true? Like, does he really have everything in his hands? Is it all under his power? I mean, there's a lot of chaos in our world. Like, does he really have power over all of it? Maybe 80%, but like really all of it? And our faith can begin to waver. And we can begin to doubt, is that really true? And maybe that's where you are today. I mean, if you got real honest, I mean, you got your church front on and it's hidden behind the mask here in the room or you're tuned in from wherever you are online. But like, you're going like, man, I, I don't know. I see a lot of brokenness. I see a lot of chaos. I see a lot of crazy, whether it's on the news or just in your house. And I don't know if God has everything, like all things under his power. That's where I want us to go today. We're going to tackle that question through the truth of God's Word. Now, we're going to be a number of passages today. So rather than opening up your Bible to a particular chapter, I know some of you like to do that. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to take notes, okay? And it's coming hot, and it's coming heavy, and it's coming like a lot, okay? It's kind of like the day that the teacher tried to cover five chapters, all right, in like one 30-minute class period. That's where we're going today. So like just get ready. I'm bracing you on the front end. That's where we're going to go today. Now, as we tackle this question, some of it may challenge our thinking, okay? We're going to kind of jump in the deep end for a little bit today. And for some of you, your, your understanding and thought towards the character and the sovereignty of God may be challenged just a little bit today. But here's my promise to you. In our time, I'm going to be word heavy. Is that all right? Because my thoughts are, man, I'd rather you hear his word and not my words on a topic like this. I think we can't, we can't go wrong if we go word heavy. So I'm just saying, be ready. All right, we'll put all the verses behind me on the screen for those of you in the room and joining us online. Part of the character of God is that God is omnipotent. Just say that with me, omnipotent. Now, omnipotent, big word, taken from two Latin words, omni, which means all, potent, which means powerful. So you put that together and part of God's character is that he's all-powerful. He is omnipotent. And Scripture would tell us that. Revelation chapter 19, verse 6, it says this, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, as the sound of mighty thunder. In other words, this is the song that's happening. Like, this morning in heaven, the choir's singing this. Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. We sang, how great is our God, and rightfully so. The, the, the chorus of heaven is the God omnipotent. He's reigning. 
And our God of omnipotent power holds all things together. And he does anything that he wills that is in line with his character. Okay, don't miss that part. He does all things that he wills that are in line with his character. Now, in a moment, we're going to walk through an extensive list of all of the things that God holds power over. Okay, but I want to kind of take us on a side street for a second. The answer to our question, if you want to like just tune out, which I would encourage you not to, but the answer to the question, does God hold all power? It's an emphatic yes. That's the answer today. But I do want to kind of take us on a side street for a moment to say there are some things that God does not have the power to do. There's some things that he does not have the power to do. Now, we're not going to go in depth on these, but I'm going to give you four of them. Here they come quick. Okay, God cannot lie. Titus 1-2. I'm just giving you references. Titus 1-2. God cannot lie. He's a God of all truth. He cannot lie. Number two, God cannot be tempted to sin. We said that a few weeks ago. James 1.13, he's a God of holiness and righteousness. He's other than we are. And God cannot be tempted to sin. Number three, God cannot deny himself. 2 Timothy 2.13, he can't deny himself. He is who he is. He's the I am. And that's not changing. Okay, number four, God cannot go back on his promises. He will not go back on his promises. I, uh, Psalm 89.34 tells us that. God is a God of his word, and God is omnipotent, and he holds all power over all things that are in line with his character and that are with his sovereign will. He holds power over all of it, and we understand that today. Now, also I want us to understand this before we dive into our list, that while today's question, I've I've created the verbiage, does God have all power, I also want us to understand that we could interchangeably use the name Jesus, As we understand the Trinity, okay, three in one, it's hard to wrap our mind around. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three are in one. God is Jesus and Jesus is God. Okay, God took on flesh and came as his son to earth and all power that God had, he also handed to his son. John would tell us that, New Testament, John 3, 35. It says, the Father loves the Son and has placed what? Everything in his hands. If the Father has the power to do it, the Son has the power to do it as well. And here's what the Son, Jesus, said at the end of his 33 years on earth, before he left to go back to the Father, here's what he made the declaration of. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Like, these are final words for Jesus. Like, they mattered. He says, all authority, all power, it's mine. It's been given to me. But the question for us today is, really? Right? Do do you really have, like, Jesus, did you know all that was going to go down? All right? Do you really have all power? Now, here's what I'm going to do. I want to show you ten things 10 truths from the Bible that I believe Scripture reveals and points to that highlights this truth that God has power over all things. And I'm warning you again, I'm about to be booking it, okay? I'm moving quick. So take notes, go back online. If you missed something, you can catch it there. Those of you at home, all right, put the coffee down for a second because you have to lock in, all right? Um, We're going to be moving fast, okay? Here's number one. Scripture tells us that Jesus has power as creator, He has power as creator. John chapter 1, verse 3, through him, through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, 
Nothing was made that has been made. Jesus is God, which means God is Jesus. He was at the beginning of time, and through his words, everything was spoken into being. From nothing, he spoke it into being. I can't wrap my mind around it, but he did it, okay? He's got the whole world in his hands. So he has power as creator over all created things, and guess what that includes? You and me, okay? Second, Jesus has power to sustain the world. He has power to sustain the world. Through his very words, God spoke all things into being. Through his very word, he sustains and holds all things together. Two verses on this one. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. The Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory. He's the exact representation. In other words, Jesus is God. God is Jesus. He's the exact representation of his being doing what? Sustaining all things. How? By his powerful word. He's just speaking it, and it's all holding together. Colossians 1.17 says it too. He, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things are holding together right now. Here's what that means. Every neutron, every electron, hello, science teacher, okay, every tsunami, every hurricane, every angel in the spiritual realm, All is held together, and their existence depends on the word and the sustaining power of God right now. That means without God's sustaining power, everything of this material world, everything of the spiritual world would cease to exist without his sustaining power in this moment. He's holding it all together. He has power. Next, we see God's power to rule all nature. God's power to rule all nature. Not only does God sustain the world, but he also rules and governs it. Let's look at this example, um, New Testament, Matthew 10, 29. Scripture says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. This means from the smallest creatures in the Amazon rainforest to the most powerful storms that nature has to offer, they're all under the rule and the reign of our God. All of it. In Luke chapter 8, we read the story where Jesus is on the boat with his disciples. Remember that? And the storm sets in and Jesus is knocked out Sunday afternoon nap. And they go like, Jesus! And he walks out. And what does he do? He calms the storm and the wind and the waves with what? Just his words. And what are the disciples who, who like know him? What do they say? Remember what they said? Who is this? That even what? That even the wind and the waves obey him. God holds power over all nature. He has power over all nature. Number four, scripture tells us God's complete power over Satan. God has full power over Satan. He holds power over Satan and his demons. All right? That's not your kids, but I'm just talking about he holds power over, did I say that out loud? Okay, he holds power over Satan and his demons. Mark chapter one, Jesus is in the temple temple teaching. You read the story before, Jesus is in the temple teaching. A man who's possessed by an evil spirit comes in before Jesus, and what does Jesus do? He rebukes the spirits and he calls them out with his words, with a single command. He holds power over the enemy. And here's how the people responded. Like the people at church that day when the guy walked in, okay, and, and Jesus calls out the demons. Watch what they do. Mark 1, the people were all so amazed. You think? Like they didn't have to preach that day. Like that was it. That was the moment. And they ask each other, what is this? Is this a new teaching? And with what? With authority. 
with power, that he gives orders even to impure spirits, and they just like the wind and the waves, they obey him. They obey him. Jesus shows his complete power over Satan. Listen to me. Take hope today, church, that the same Jesus who possessed power over Satan in the, Old, in the New Testament is the same Jesus of today. And there's, there's, listen to me, there's no scheme of the enemy. No matter how great on their most powerful day, no scheme of the enemy holds power over our God. That's who he is. He holds power over Satan. Now, hang on for the next two. Buckle up. Scripture points us to see God's power over all government. We're going there. God holds power over all government. That's why John calls Jesus in Revelation the king, capital K, of kings, lowercase k. Revelation 17 verse 14, look at it on the screen. They will wage war against the Lamb, capital L, that's Jesus. But the Lamb will triumph over them because he is Lord of lords and he is King of kings. Church, what great hope today that there is no king, no president, no chief, no prime minister, no governor, no mayor, no congressman, no representative that holds power over our God today. Not one. Name one. Nope, not him either. Not one. Which also means that God is not overwhelmed by a coming election. Let me say that a little louder for somebody online. God's not overwhelmed by a coming election. November 3rd does not scare him, and he's not losing a wink of sleep over it. I promise you, he's not. And he says, yes, is the church here to pray. Yes, is the church use your freedom to vote. Yes, is the church stand for truth, and then let God be God. What peace. See, throughout all of history, he has and he will use the reign of fallen leaders to remind humanity of our fallen, broken state and our deep need for him as the only perfect ruler. Only him. Vote Jesus. And guess what? Every ruler throughout all of history and this moment and history to come who makes reign against the rule and the reign of Jesus and his church will backfire. It will. He says it. He holds rule over all government. Next, six truths, Scripture highlights God's power over all disease. He holds power over all disease and all sickness. In the Old Testament, look at this moment. Moses, he was complaining. You ever complain when you got sick before? Had something wrong with you? Moses was. He was complaining because he was slow of speech. God, you want me to lead the Israelites, but I can't talk right. And he complains, and this is God's response. Look at this. It's kind of comical. Exodus chapter 4, verse 11. The Lord said to him, to Moses, Hey, Moses, who gave human beings their mouths? Hey, Moses, who makes them deaf or mute? Hey, Moses, who gives them sight or makes them blind? And just to make sure Moses got it, he says, is it not I, the Lord? And guess what? The same God of Moses in Exodus 4 is the same God today who holds power over all disease. Which means God can lift any disease he pleases at any time he pleases. That no disease, that diseases are present or not by the decree of God, no matter whether Satan was the originator or the cause of them or not. So let's tackle the elephant in the room. Right? Why now? 
Why, why don't you lift this, God? Really? 2020? Did you have this one planned? Did, did this one catch you by surprise? Listen to me. I'm going to be very careful to say, I am not God. And my thoughts are not his thoughts. And his ways are not my ways. And his actions far supersede anything my brain will ever be able to comprehend. But what I do know is that this fallen, broken world that we live in has been made more of a reality to people in the middle of a global pandemic than perhaps ever before in many people's lifetimes. It has. And God in his infinite mercy, his mercy, will use, as a good dad, he will use whatever means necessary to get humanity's attention and to remind us that the only one who truly fulfills and heals and gives life and restores is him. Okay? And there is no bacteria, no disease, no sickness, no broken chromosome, no virus that disarms the power of our God. Jesus reigns. He does. And God holds power over all disease. Four more. Scripture says God holds power over the sinful acts of man. Stay with me. This is deep. God holds power over the sinful acts of man. Humans cannot escape the sovereign power of God by running into sin. Ever lived in that place before? It's like, maybe I can escape this and God won't find me over here. Okay? We can believe that. Acts gives us an example. In Acts, we see one of the most clear examples of God's power as Jesus stood trial. Okay, this is Passion Week, Jesus standing trial. Acts 4, 27 and 28, just two verses. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city. Here's what they were doing. To conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They were getting him. But look at verse 28. It changes your perspective. They did what, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Let me help that make sense. Herod's mockery, Pilate's plan, the Jews cry to crucify Jesus, the Gentiles, soldiers, bloody crown, their lashes, all of that that they put on Jesus was sin, but Scripture says it was part of God's eternal plan. I know. It's hard to wrap my mind around that. But the omnipotent, all-powerful, sovereign God knew that the only way for you and me to be saved was through the murder of his son. And he was in control the whole time. And in the darkest hour, Jesus still held all all power. He told us. Listen to me. John chapter 10, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. Are you telling me that Jesus had all power as he hung on the cross? Yes. And listen to me, there, there has never been a greater sin 
than the murder of the perfect Son of God. But yet in that darkest moment, it seemed, all right, it was true that God held all power. And what I'm saying to us today is that if God held all power and was sovereign in governing that moment, he holds power over all of the sin of humanity. He does. God has power for salvation. Here we go. God has power for salvation on our own, little wake-up call, on our own. It's impossible for you and for me to stop loving that world and to start loving Jesus. In other words, you and I don't have the power to save ourselves. We cannot raise ourselves from spiritual death to spiritual life, okay? How much power does a man in the grave at the cemetery have? None, all right? Same way spiritually. But God has sovereign power to save, to forgive. You talking about that deep, dark thing in my life? Yep. He has power to save. And in Mark 10, the rich young ruler, remember that guy? He had like a whole lot of money, but he said he loved Jesus. But what did he love more? His money. And he says, but Jesus like this, my money. And what did Jesus say? Remember what he says? It's that phrase maybe you've used before. He says, it's more likely for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man who's all up in his stuff to get to heaven. And when Jesus posed that, you have to imagine the church folks were like, what? Hold up. Well, then how can anybody be saved? And do you know how Jesus responded? Look at it. Mark chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus looked at them and he said this, with man, it is impossible to do what? To stop loving the world and start loving Jesus. Can't do it on your own. But he said, but not with God. All things are possible for the omnipotent saving power of God. So here's what that means today. You ready for this? There is no one, no one who is too far gone for our omnipotent saving God to save. No Muslim, no Buddhist, no terrorist, no adulterer, no murder, no rapist, and no good church-going person is too far gone for the saving power of our God. And that is amazing news, church. That means it includes you. No matter what you brought to the table today, he's like, nope, my grace is bigger. He has power to save. Two more. God holds all power over death. God holds all power over death. Jesus walked out of the tomb after three days, overcoming death for you and for me. And Paul gives us a little reminder in the New Testament. You ready? 1 Corinthians 15, 50, uh, 55. Paul says, he writes, Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, because he gives us the victory over death through our Lord Jesus Christ, which means our God is not phased or overpowered by death right now. In fact, this morning, he holds its keys. That's his power. And finally, God has power over the mission of his church. God holds all power over the mission of his church, and it cannot Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said it. 
as he talked to Peter, he says, And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this confession that you make, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will not overcome it. Now listen to me. There's a lot of people, if you read it right today, who will tell you, man, the church is fading. Church ain't going to make it. Is the church church really going to survive through a global pandemic? Is it going to stand? Is it going to make it? People are running from buildings. They got to wear masks. They don't like, listen, is the church going to make it? Listen to me. I'm telling you whether we gathered in this room, whether we gathered at home, whether we gathered outside, the church is protected by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's established it from the beginning of time. And he says, it will stand, mark it down. That's just his power. So the question today is, does God have all power? Like, is he really omnipotent? Like, is it, is it really all in his hands? Because there's a lot of crazy out there. And the answer is that the risen, reigning King of kings and Lord of lords is sovereign over the world, over the church, over you, over me, and he has absolute There's nothing outside of his sovereign will. And if he's met with resistance, he allows it for his purposes or he overcomes it for his purposes. But he holds absolute power. And I believe today that the greater question for you at home, for you in the room, the greater question is this. What is our response to that truth? Seriously, what is your personal response to the reality that your God holds all power over all things? I want to give you two words that I believe should be our response. As we hear that list of 10 things today, and it resonates in your spirit and mind and challenges your faith, listen to me. I believe there's two simple responses. Repent and rest. Repent and rest. Our God has sovereign, omnipotent, absolute power. So let me put some application on those real quick. First, repent. Repent's just a churchy word that simply means to feel remorse for and to turn away from. That's what repent means. Okay, let me ask a question. Let's get real today. How many of you would admit, just a little bit, you can raise your hand, okay, in the room, online, be honest. How many of you would admit to having just a little bit of a control issue in your life? Like you like to control just a little bit? Okay, awesome, good. A lot of honest people in the room, okay. Now, how many of you that didn't raise your hand thought that your spouse or family member next to you should have raised their hand? Anybody? Okay, you thought they should have? Okay, uh, thanks for your, which means that you wanted to what them? Control them, okay? All right, here we go, okay? So put your hand up, all right? Uh, uh, mm-hmm, I got you on that one. Now listen to me. Here's, here's the reality. We as humanity have control issues. We do. We have control issues. We want to control what happens around us, and guess what? It points all the way back to the original moment in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve, God created them in a perfect garden. And what did they begin to believe? 
God wants to control us. He wants to tell us what to do, and we ain't having that. And what they do? They made their own choice, and we know what happened. Guess what? 2,000 years later, we still the same people. We still wake up, and we want control. Seriously. Like, if you don't want to admit it, okay, you're controlling your own emotions, okay? You, you don't, you, we don't want to control the people around us, the events around us, the surrounding, the environment. We want to control this thing. And listen, when we can't, it comes out in fear, anger, stress, worry, anxiety, depression, you name it. And it comes out of us, and all of it points back to that desire in our spirit, our sinful, broken spirit, to control. God, if I could just have it this way and hold it all together. Listen, if you're honest enough this morning to, like, I'm not asking you to raise your hand on this part, but if you're honest enough to go, like, whoo, like, it's, yep, I, I got some control problems. Can I give you the greatest hope possible? You write this one down. Our God holds all power. He's got the whole world in his hands, and it's still true. And I know what you're saying, but what if? No, nope. he's got it. But then if this happens, no, nope. it's all him. But if they get elected, no, nope. nope. still in control. And today God holds all power over all things. And our response as humanity has to be to repent that we've been trying to play God. And maybe today for you, like as you heard that list of 10 things, and we always don't want to just give information, but we give information that leads to transformation, okay? So that we're more like Jesus, not just smart church people. Maybe here's your like just real simple but yet extravagant response is today, you don't, you don't have to do anything out loud, but man, just in your spirit, you go, God, I'm sorry. I've been trying to play God, and I'm not. So, God, I just say, forgive me for trying to control things that I'm not going to be able to control. And I just say today, man, I trust you. I trust you. So I think a proper response to the fact that our God holds all power is to repent. There's a second one, and it's rest. To rest. How many of you have ever um, been given the gift of an all-expenses-paid vacation? Anybody got that before, like a special gift from family work? Okay. Um, I've had that a couple of times in my life. We're talking about, like, your transportation there's covered, your meals covered, your place to stay, all those things kind of decided for you. And, and here's what I'm saying. Those were the most restful, all right, peaceful vacations of my life. The work had already been done. The price had already been paid so that I could rest. And don't miss this, church. That is the gift of our sovereign, omnipotent God for everybody who would surrender and trust him not a little bit, but trust him with their lives. He offers rest. 
Because the word tells us he's already paid for it all. And there was a defining moment on a cross, on a hill, where he hung and his perfect son was murdered. And do you know what he was saying in that moment of the cross and the tomb and the rolled stone? Do you know what he was saying? I have power over all things. Sin tried to hold me down, couldn't get me. Grave tried to hold me down, nope. Death tried to dominate, nope. Hell, the enemy, Satan, all his greatest scheme, I've got power over all of it. So that you and I today don't have to fear, but we can rest. We can truly rest. And God gives us this reminder, Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9, look at it. God says, I am God, and there is no other. No other. I'm God, and there's none like me. No ruler, no reigner, no sinner, no no one like me. I make known the end from the beginning. That's his name, Alpha Omega. I was there at the beginning. I was there at the end. From ancient times, what is still to come, I say, here's the words of our God, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. That is our God. That is our omnipotent King. And because of that, church, listen to me, because of that, in a moment of great uncertainty, we can say today with all certainty that there is no social unrest, there is no political tension, there is no storm of nature, and there is no virus that will disarm the power of our God. Mark it down. And while we may not always understand his purposes, we can always trust his plan. Every time. And today, God reminds us, he reminds us that he holds all power so that we today can repent. God, I'm not you. And we can rest. Thanks again for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange or to find out how you can connect with or support what God is doing, visit www.theexchange.cc. Now go, be the church, and give life.